Welcome, YouTube creators, to the Tube Labs podcast, because you can't experiment enough or talk too much YouTube. Welcome to the Tube Labs podcast. I'm your host, Rosh Sillers, and we have a guest this week, Renee Teeley, who is definitely an expert in the production of video. And if you've not seen her work or have heard of her, well, where have you been? And I am, <laughs> I am so thrilled. Uh, we had the opportunity to meet through a mutual friend. Dane Golden. And um, we actually have a regular conversation and I've learned a lot about uh, her knowledge and I've been extremely impressed um, by the work that she does. And I, I've been asking for a while, Renee, please come to the show. You have great knowledge to share with the community. So here she is. Uh, we're going to talk about apps uh, related to really your production of your video and YouTube channel. And uh, first of all, I want to first welcome you and uh, Hey, give our listeners a little bit of uh, info about who you are and what you do. Yes. Hello. Hi, Rosh. Um, I'm super excited that we actually finally made this work. I know it's uh, been a while in the making, um, but, you know, really appreciate you having me on the show. So just a little bit about me. Um, I'm the founder of a company called Video Explained, where we offer video consulting and production services, uh, primarily focused on helping companies create uh, weekly thought leadership video series to help them actually drive revenue for their business in some way. Mm -hmm. um, I've done a lot in the video space. So over the last 14 years, I've worked in a number of different video technology companies, uh, everything ranging from a couple of different video advertising companies, online video platforms, a video creation platform, uh, and now primarily focused on video production. So a lot of different things in the video space. Yeah, you, you've been on camera, behind the scenes. Uh, people probably have seen your work and not realize it, which I am one of those people. I mean, I knew you before I knew you. you know, it's kind of <laughs> just because you've been involved uh, for so long and, and in many different capacities. So that's really cool. Um, this week, you want to share with us uh, some apps that can uh, help us out in terms of, really, I would assume, in some ways, streamlining um, what we're doing with our video production. Um, so, you know, when someone's going to think about apps in terms of um, improving their production, what, what may be the first thing they want to think about? What, what, you know, where do they start? Is there a certain type of app that they should start with or maybe a thought process? I know that's a, maybe a little bit of an odd question or maybe it's to just go for the pain point. Yeah, I think um, I think it really comes down to the pain point for that specific person. And so there are a lot of different types of apps out there, and we can we'll talk about some of those ranging yeah. from you know different types of music sites and teleprompter apps and production, you know, different things that help with editing and actual production. Um, and in terms of where you start, I think it's it's a matter of knowing your skill set and the apps that you already have and mm -hmm. kind of what already fits into your process, and just understanding where are you struggling. Um, right. and, and that's kind of your, your starting point. Right. There's um, an app for that kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I can, I can give you an example actually. Sure. So, um, I'm, um, I am not a motion graphics designer. So there's a <laughs> lot of things that I think I'm good at in terms of video. I'm not a motion graphics designer. Uh, I do work with an editor who's amazing. Um, but in terms of when I'm creating my own video content, I'm editing it. I always look for ways that I can include some motion graphics because I think it adds uh, production quality to the video, but there's ways that you can do it without being a motion graphics expert. Sure. Um, and so one of, the, one of the apps that I use is called uh, Envato Elements. And Envato there's a lot Elements. of different, 
Yeah, there's a lot of different places where you can get motion graphics templates, but I like Envato Elements specifically because uh, you pay a monthly fee. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the pricing pulled up in front of me, but I think I pay about $15 a month okay. and it gives me access to all of the templates and um, video assets available through Envato Elements. So it's okay. one monthly fee and I can uh, use templates ranging from like something as simple as adding lower thirds to your right. video mm-hmm. um, or maybe you want to add some animated icons, which I did recently for an online summit. So sure. I wanted to spruce up my video. And um, so I downloaded a collection of different animated icons and added that. And it was a really nice way to easily uh, enhance um, my video. Yeah, it really gives a, your videos another dimension when you add those elements just to, one, keep people's attention, add a little more information. It's, it's, it's a nice way to go about it. Um, and in can help you look a little more professional, especially when you may, as you put it, you know, not necessarily the best graphics artist. I'm not, that's for sure. Uh, but to have that support, that's, that's good. So what would be something else you might consider? Yeah. So um, one of the tools that I really like is a, um, it's a company called uh, Soundstripe and it's for selecting music tracks. So mm. music is another one of those things that I think can really add um, just a level of professionalism to your videos. Yeah. Uh, nice, easy way to enhance them. Um, and the thing that I like about Soundstripe, again, it's for a monthly fee, same as yeah. Auto Elements, where I pay a monthly fee, I get access to everything that's that's part of the platform. They have a an annual subscription as well, so you can save a little bit of money that way. Right. Um, but the thing that I really like about it is that it's not really cheesy music oh, tracks. Okay. And so I've used some other... Um, some other tracks before, actually, even music tracks from Envato Elements, since they have music tracks oh, okay. as well. I don't typically use the music tracks from Envato Elements because I feel like it's a lot of the same music that you'll hear from other videos. Mm. So, like, I listen to it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard that before, or <laughs> that, oh, yeah. I've used that before. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, and sometimes they're they're a little on the cheesy side. So the thing that I like about Soundstripe is you know, really quality music. And uh, I don't hear those tracks in a lot of other places. Yeah. And I think something that people need to think about, obviously, you know, YouTube has their library, but that's not necessarily for production outside of YouTube. I mean, that's, I think sometimes people will make that mistake, think, oh, hey, here we go, you know, free music for everyone, (laughs) everywhere. And uh, that's, that's not the case. So this this gives you the license to be able to use it for any any type of a project, I'm assuming? Yes. And so when you are, you, basically you have unlimited uh, songs that you can download through it. So there's it's not capped at a certain number per, per month. And when you're- It's when not you're select, capped. It's not capped oh, that's per nice. month. Yeah. So you, you download as much as you want. Um, and essentially the way that it works is when you're downloading a song, you will select the type of licensing. So mm. what type of video are you license, licensing this for? Um, and what's its main purpose? So even if you're downloading uh, a song that you're going to use on multiple platforms, you can say that it's a market, marketing video, for example, which I do a lot of marketing videos. Right. Even videos that I put on YouTube in some capacity are marketing videos. Right. Um, right. I like to think that they're educational and entertaining <laughs> also, but uh, you know, behind that is a business strategy. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, just- so, so if you have to mark what they're going to be used for, is there a different pricing structure or is it just for their information to know how their music's going to be used? 
it's it's really for your own licensing. So when okay. you select the type of license, basically uh, you are telling them the type of license that you want, and you can download that license so that you actually have um, a record of oh, the fact that okay. that song is licensed to you. Got it. Got it. In case you have to prove it at some point. Yeah, okay. and that I mean that's something that could feasibly come up for YouTube specifically. Sure. Right. Um, not a lot of other platforms do that, but for you know YouTube yeah, specifically, YouTube's... if you get flagged, you'll have verification that it's actually licensed to you. Gotcha. Okay. No, that's interesting. Oh, what else are we thinking here? I know we have All a list right. of them. So. <laughs> yeah. I. I mean, <laughs> nice I have. I. I have so many that I could go through, but um, another one that I like to use is um, uh, an app called Big View, which is for a mobile teleprompter app. So oh, okay. I do have another teleprompter app if I'm using a teleprompter at home. So I have a, a home studio set up here and um, I have kind of a larger teleprompter set up and I use a different app for that. I think I use a, an app on that called Smart Prompter. Okay. Um, but the app that I would use if you're doing mobile production specifically is Big View. And the thing that I like about this mobile teleprompter app specifically, and I know not everybody uses a teleprompter, but for those right. who do, the thing that I like about this one is that they've, um, they've built it very intentionally for the mobile experience. And okay. so when you're using it, the text actually shows up on the side of your phone that is closest to the lens so that you're actually huh. looking towards the lens of your camera. Okay. So that means that, you know, if it were, um, if it were in the middle of, right. of the screen, you wouldn't be looking towards the lens of the camera. Oh, so okay. your eye line would be off in the video. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I'm, so it's I'm a pretty interesting, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty interesting thing, but you know, it's, it's important when you're doing videos that you're able to make a connection with your audience. And one really great way to do that is to make it look like you're looking at them. So you actually have to look at the lens of your camera. And so right. being able to use a teleprompter, but still make it look like your eyeline is directly looking towards your audience is, is a pretty powerful thing. Oh, yeah. No, very, very helpful. I mean, there's, I mean, some, some people are really good at reading and not look like they're reading. And some people are back and forth all over. And if you have <laughs> it off a little bit, it, I think it exaggerates that, any of that motion. So that, that's an interesting scenario to kind of yeah. fix that. Yeah, definitely using a teleprompter is a learned experience. Like yes. it's it's definitely a learned skill and it it took me a while to get used to it and I don't use teleprompters for all of my videos, but the thing that I like about using teleprompters is one that I have to script it, script everything out. Yeah. So I cut out all of the unnecessary information. Like it actually mm. helps me keep things very succinct because I know in advance what I'm going to say, so I don't start rambling. Uh, hmm. which I tend to do sometimes because <laughs> I have like all of this information I, I want to tell this. people. <laughs> so it keeps it like nice and focused and succinct. Um, and the way that I do it is uh, I make sure that I actually read through the script before I'm, before I'm actually recording. So I know exactly yeah. what I'm going to say. And right. so um, it's, it's able to flow a lot better and it sounds very natural. And I tend to look away from the teleprompter from time to time too. So it doesn't look like you're, staring at the screen in sort of this awkward way people can tell when you're doing that it really looks like you're reading right. um yeah yeah all right what else you got okay what else is on the list um okay well in terms of actually doing some production uh there's 
a lot of different apps for production out there. Um, one of the ones that I like to use specifically if you're recording on your phone is Filmic Pro. And using an app right. for production on your camera, on your phone. So I have an, an iPhone, but I, I, I think they have an app for Android as well. But when you're doing production with your phone, instead of using the camera that you would natively use on your phone, okay. you can unlock some additional functionality with another type of app. So Filmic Pro will allow you to set your, um, your aperture mm. and your shutter speed and all of those things. And so you can just add a level of professionalism to your videos. So okay. for example, one of the things that I really like is shallow depth of field. Oh yeah. And so when you're doing a video, if you can get that like behind you, it looks nice and blurry, but your subject is in focus. Usually the subject is me when I'm doing a lot of my videos. So right. I'm in focus. The background is blurry. Just add some nice, Nice professionalism there. Um, and it's, it's basically like if you have an iPhone, you can kind of think of it like portrait mode, but for video. Okay. So right now, there's not a way to do portrait mode for video on your iPhone to get that nice, you know, blurry background, that nice shallow depth of field. But you can do it with apps like Filmic Pro. All right. Good. Good. Um, are there any other apps like that, you know, related to um, camera you know, like control of your, your phone. Um, you mean just maybe give you some different types of maybe cinematic look or something else that's, that may kind of get your interest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in, in terms of cinematic, you can do that in Filmic Pro too, and you can add different, um, LUTs. So if you guys are familiar with LUTs, it's really mm -hmm. a way to, to, um, basically enhance the color within within your video and so you can get a nice cinematic look be specifically because you're changing the color profile of your video right. so you can do things or, or, like that or adjusting the color if you're in say fluorescent or um a tungsten room if there is tungsten is there tungsten anymore i think that's slowly going away yeah actually i <laughs> funny that you mentioned that i um i have a ring light that i use uh directly in back of my computer i have i know i know people can't see it right now because we're this is through uh uh audio but um but whenever i'm recording uh, a video or doing a conference directly from my computer i have a ring light behind me and it's bicolored, which means you can see tungsten or you can see daylight and i i always use daylight for video production sure but when i'm doing conferences i sometimes use a color that's a little bit warmer than daylight so it's in between tungsten and daylight Okay. Um, so that's what I'll do for conferences because it's just, you know, kind of nice color profile. Because you can. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, but there is another app that I, that I use sometimes for video recording, and that's called Moment. Mm. Moment is a company that they create lenses that you can attach to your camera. Oh, uh, that's so nice. They, yeah. So there's some hardware that they develop, but they also have an app for video production. Um, and so it's similar to Filmic Pro. Um, I think that it's maybe a little bit more user-friendly. So if someone's just starting out, it's a really easy way to get started doing more cinematic style of videos. So Moment mm -hmm. is a great one to check out. Okay. And then one of the nice things about Moment is that it's also um, compatible with gimbals. So mm. I know it's compatible with the Osmo Mobile 3, which is their newest edition. So that's a gimbal that will help with... Um, video production for, for mobile videos as well. So if you're filming things on your iPhone and 
if you want very like smooth footage and you don't have shaky footage, so it doesn't look right. like it's handheld, you want that right. nice smooth footage, you would use a gimbal. Right. And and Moment is compatible with that. So you can actually control the movements of your gimbal directly through their app oh, wow. while you still have additional control over the production settings. Nice. No, that's that's good. That's great. Anything else on your list? See if we can get through uh, a couple more. Yeah. Okay. So um this one is used after production. Uh, so okay. this is part of post-production and, and before you're distributing your content. Um, but one of the things that I like to do for most of my videos is add transcriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, so captioning or subtitles. Uh, I use a company called rev.com. Yeah. I know that's a pretty popular site. It's a nice. dollar a minute to basically take your video, you upload it to them. And for each minute of your video, it costs a dollar. They'll translate that for you hand you a file, and then you can include that as part of your video. Um, So that's something you can upload. You could upload that file directly to YouTube. Um, I know YouTube does their own, uh, their own uh, captioning, but um, (laughs) sometimes it's uh, wildly off. So you can get some like (laughs) very very weird. (laughs) Yes. You can get some very weird captions there. Um, I, yeah. I mean, every time I post something and, on on YouTube and they do the captioning. My name is always comes out as something different. Like, oh, yeah, so, yeah. First and last name is totally off. So if um, you have a, a unique name, definitely take a look. Especially if you're using that unique name in your videos, uh, you want to make yeah. sure it's not something that's offensive, um, which does yeah. happen. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. so yeah, rev.com. Um, you can upload that to YouTube, but then you can also use it if you're going to uh, what's called like burn captions into your video. So that means what's that mean? What do you mean burn burn captions, captions into, your- into your video? So that means that the captions are always displayed. So okay. instead of being able to turn those off, it's always on because it's actually part of the video file. Okay. And I do that for LinkedIn specifically. So oh, yeah. when I'm yeah. posting a video on LinkedIn, um, when when someone is scrolling through the LinkedIn feed, the video will automatically play with the sound off. And so if you add captions there and people can read um, at the very beginning of the video, it gives them more context to what the video is about and gives them a reason, potentially, if if it's enticing to them, gives them a reason to click so they can actually hear the video. Or if they're in a spot where they just are not able to turn the sound on, they can still read along and know what's happening in the video. Yeah, good, good. that, that make you, you mentioned that in terms of uh, post-production. Is there a pre-production app of sorts? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but anything you might use? Um, for me, I, I would, let me throw one out. <laughs> Low-hanging fruit here, you know, like Evernote. I, like, I love using Evernote to help me when I'm coming up with ideas, um, just concepts, whatever it may be. If I want to create a snap a picture or write down a list of ideas or whatever it may be, do you have some apps that you use to uh, help your... Um, your videos run a little smoother. Uh, yeah, in terms of coming up with ideas or just having a spot to capture those ideas and uh, a place where I can put just different inspiration that I come across, uh, Trello's a sure. great a great um, product for that. And I like that there's some visual aspects to it. So instead of just listing out ideas, you can also attach images so you could just directly kind of see what's happening visually. Right. Um, I do that a lot even for thumbnails. So oh, okay. if I... If I'm watching a video or I'm, I'm on YouTube and I happen to see a thumbnail that catches my eye, 
I'll take a screenshot of it, add it to my Trello board as just inspiration of something I would like to do in the future. That's that's a really good idea. I mean, because, you know, thumbnails are so important. They've always been important, but now we know how important they are. And capturing the ideas and inspiration from other people. I mean, that's, that's a great, because we forget, we think we remember, oh yeah, that's a great idea. I'll remember that, you know, an hour later, half hour later. Okay. Three minutes later, (laughs) it's totally forgotten. And now, uh, you know, to have something like for any kind of inspiration, even if it's just ideas, you know, could be headlines too, I would assume just anything that you run across in in daily life or on YouTube or wherever to uh, get that inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. I add um, I add title inspirations there as well. So things, ideas that I come up with, but also things I I find that other people do. Um, you know, I'm d- definitely don't steal from other people, but no. I think it's uh, it's it's great to take inspiration from other people. Like find out what works, and and you can do something in a in a similar way. So so I tend to do that a lot. And then um, it is nice having a spot where you can add all of those ideas because. Uh, you know, I, I, I come up with interesting things all the time, or I see some interesting things that I want to use as inspiration. And then I quickly kind of move on to the next thing and having a spot to actually capture all, all of those ideas gives you a place to go back, especially if you're stuck, you just don't know that next video that you're going to do. You go back, um, in maybe in your old notes and read through those. And I do that sometimes and I'm like, oh my God, that was a good idea. How come I didn't do that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I have a few of those. I'm How sure there are many <laughs> that are yet to be discovered again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Last one. Any, any last, or is there a last one? <laughs> Maybe we've come to the end, but do you have one more? But, uh, I, I mean, I could keep going. I have so I many more, but I'll, but I'll give you one more. So okay. uh, the last one we can talk about is uh, collaboration software. So, hmm. um, if you are doing video production with a team, uh, even if it's just one other person, having some type of software outside of just being able to email each other different right. edits that you want um, really helps with the flow. And so sure. I, I, use, um, I use a site called Frame.io. Frame.io, are, okay. Yeah, so there are some different ones out there, but this is the one that, that I tend to use. So Frame.io, and the thing that's nice about it is you upload a video and then... Um, your, you know, whoever you share this video with, they're able to add comments directly in line with the video, which means instead of having to say, oh, you know, 13 minutes into the video, can you, can you add this lower third? You can just write directly on the timeline so that when they play the video or if they just go to the notes, they can see the exact section in the video that you want that edit. Wow. Um, okay. And so you can kind of go back and forth. Sometimes the uh, the thread gets the threads get pretty long with my editor in terms of sure. like we want to make edits in a certain spot. And so it's nice just to be able to have um, some place where you can make all of those requests as opposed to like going through previous emails or even doing it in like a Google Doc. So it's nice having that. No, that's a great suggestion. Thank you so much. Well, that brings us to the end of our time. You know, Renee, thank you so much for taking the time. To be on the Tube Labs podcast, um, you know, I will definitely have you back. That that's guaranteed. So we'll start now, and certainly by the time. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. You were you were very gracious and easy to get come on the show and nice enough. So thank you so much. And you have a lot of great information. So there are other topics. This is wonderful, and I would love to come on the show again. I I love talking about video production, and a lot of the stuff I do uh, in my own videos, I mostly talk about um, strategy, 
but I should probably talk about video production more because it's just such a it's such an exciting topic and no shortage of things to talk about. Oh, and we we almost forgot we almost forgot there is a way in which people can hear you regularly as a podcast. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, you mentioned Dane in the beginning of this podcast, which is how we connected. So I co-host a podcast called the Video Marketing Value Podcast with Dane Golden who is so knowledgeable and hilarious and just an overall like all around great guy. So we co-host this podcast together. It's a weekly podcast. You can go to videomarketingvalue.com. Okay. Well, we'll put it in the show notes and make (laughs) sure everybody gets to the right spot. It's videomarketingvalue.com. We just updated the site. So videomarketingvalue.com is where you can go uh, to check that out. Renee, thank you again. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. All right. Thank you. The Tube Labs podcast is hosted at thetubelog.com. If you find the Tube Labs podcast valuable, don't forget to rate and review it. You may connect with Rosh on Twitter at Rosh Sillers.